Welcome everyone to the We'll start on Mem Chet Amur Aleph at the second Mishnah. Today's daf begins as follows. A person who separated from, uh, was mudar and has nothing to eat. We said last time you give it for Matana. And there was a machloket, right? We give it for a matana, right? And we brought the story of the Bet Horin, where the where the person who had given his stuff at the given a table and his field, given a table in the field at his son's wedding, right? Because he, his father couldn't have, couldn't come to the wedding because they were separated, he, and therefore he, he told his neighbor to take my field, and the neighbor said, "I want to give it to Hashem." Give it to Beth Mikdash. And he said, I didn't mean it. Try to back out. And the rabbi said that any any gift that's not full, that that if you if you makdish it, it'll be full in Mukdash, then it's not a matana at all. And therefore, we'll consider it belonging to the person. Okay, Sizigman. We said that there's something missing. This is what it should say. So really, you could you could give something to your friend, but if it's clear at the end of the story that you really weren't giving a gift, then it's asur. There's a story before about the guy in Bet with the wedding that, in the end, we saw that he wasn't he, the gift wasn't sincere in the beginning. Amar says. When did we say that there's a problem? That's when the giver tells the guy, I'm giving it to you so my father could enjoy. But if he tells him, I'm giving you the chatzer so Abba could come, then it's fine. So if he says, I'm giving it to you only for my father to take it, that's no good. Because he specifically said, I'm giving it to you only so daddy should take it. But if I said, I'm giving it to you and daddy will come take it, that would be okay. He's giving it to him. Because I, since I didn't hinge it on that, it's okay. There's another uh, version. It's not because the guy said, Here, behold, you can have this table. That's why it's Asur. But if the guy says, They're in front of you, so father can come and eat. Mutar. The Suda proves that the only reason why you do it is, is with an eye. Because since it's obviously the only giving it a, a, a gift for that, it's fine. Okay, so according to the second Lashon, according to the second Lashon, we're saying that according to the first Lashon, if I didn't hinge it, it's okay. According to the second Lashon, even if I didn't hinge it, it's still not okay. Because the fact that you're giving your neighbor uh, a piece, you're, you're giving your neighbor acquisition 
to a table at your wedding, it's obvious that you're trying to do it so your father could only so your father could eat there, and therefore it would still be a problem. Ahu Gavra, there was a guy, the Havalebra who had a child, Davishamit Kipi the Kitna, who would steal things of flax. And his father got upset and he said, You can't enjoy my my nechasim. So the people told his father, What did you do that for? We have a he says, what would you do if your son was a rabbi? Or would you do the same thing? So he says, yeah, let, let, let him be Kone. Let him, get, let him get a portion of my stuff. There's a kid who's a bad kid, right? So the father um, said he, he can't enjoy his property while he's alive and while he's dead. So the people told him, why do you make him not, not, not enjoy your stuff after you're dead? What happens if his if your grandson ends up being a rabbi? You definitely want him to enjoy your stuff. And if you stop your, your son from inheriting, he's not going to get anything. So he told me, you're right. So he said, if my grandson is a rabbi, let him get a portion. But he's still keeping the son out. So the worry is what happens. Let's say the kid is a Tamil Haham, the grandson. Uh, can he get a piece of the father's Yerusha or not? So they said in Pumbadita, Kani This is a case where you're acquiring on condition to give it up. Which means the son is getting it in order to give it to somebody else. Since the son can't keep it for himself, he's only, right, the son is the thief. He's the one who can't keep it for himself. If he can't keep it for himself, he can only give it to his son. And the general rule is, if you tell somebody that you could acquire for me only on condition that you give it to somebody else, it doesn't work. So therefore, it shouldn't work. You have to be able to acquire. This guy can't acquire because he's not allowed to acquire, and therefore it won't work. So that's what they're saying in Pumpadita about this case. And therefore, they're saying that the grandson, even being a Tamil will not get anything. Yeah, Rav Nachman says, no, Kani, here's the grand. Why? Because whenever you do a handkerchief kinyan, right? Like, for example, let's say I want to give my my property to Victor. So the way I do it is I pick up the handkerchief and Victor will acquire, with the thing, will acquire the property. Now, in that case, you're picking up the handkerchief even though you're not acquiring the handkerchief, that's giving back, but, the, but it's using the other thing. Here too, it should work like a Sudan. Now that is Rav Nachman's proof. Amar Avashi, Uman Leman on the Sudran. Who told Rav Nachman that the handkerchief works like that? Itafis le. Lo mitvas. 
you're assuming by you bringing a proof from the case of the handkerchief. Usually, where it works, the handkerchief is that I have a handkerchief, right? And you give me a handkerchief. You give me it's your handkerchief. You give it to me. I take your handkerchief. I pick it up, and by picking it up, I'm corner the field. Now, then I give you back the handkerchief, right? It's your handkerchief. Usually, that's the right. The rabbi will give me, it's, it, it's the handkerchief of the guy who owns the field. Now, you're assuming that by bringing your proof from this case, you're saying that just like I have to give back the handkerchief and still I get the field, so to this son who has to give this stuff to his grandson, to, to, to the grandson, because he can't get himself, also it's okay giving it to the grandson because the same way I have to give back the handkerchief and still my, my kinyan works. So to this son. Oh, so the Gemara is saying, oh, you're saying that if I keep the handkerchief, it's not going to work? Who said? Usually you give back the handkerchief, but if it is, who said it wouldn't work? The odd, another problem. Sudra, Kani Aminat Knot, Ukani Min Hashta. When it comes to the case of the handkerchief, it works right away. The, the handkerchief right away when you give it to him, even before you already got it. In other words, when I picked up this thing, even before I gave it back, I own the field. Whereas in the other case, in the case of this, uh, of the, the, the grandson, who's Tamir Haham, these stuff, when will I, when will we be connect? Only when my son grandson is a rabbi. The second thing they're saying here is that the son, the, the, the grandfather on his deathbed, they told him, hey, you know, maybe your grandson's going to be coming home. He's okay, I'll give it to him. But he's giving it to him now at a time when this grandson is not yet a Torah scholar. So why should it work? Because at the time when the kid was a Torah scholar, it was already given. So how could it work? Okay. Amalei Rabbi Nachman. Rabbi Nachman was saying before that it works, right. This is another case. The question about not bet chorin. This case is the story of the wedding in our Mishnah. The kani amrat leknotu velo kakani. Since I gave it to you to give it to your father, and it doesn't work, so you see, if I give it to you something on condition to give it to somebody else, it doesn't work. So Rabbi Nachman answers. Zimnin. Amale, he told him, Over there, the fact that it's a suda 
it shows that you only give me to give your father from the Seuda. <laughs> Sometimes he answered him. He can answer and say that our opinion is the opinion of Rabbi Eliezer, who says that even something that people normally uh, allow as a courtesy still is Asur in something of Mudana. Therefore, just like we see that the rabbis are strict and they don't allow even regular courtesy items to go, so we could say the rabbis are strict when it comes to this that they don't allow it. Basically, we're saying it's a strictness over here, but it's not a standard thing. So now we learn to the Mishnah. Any gift which is not given fully, that if the guy who gets it doesn't have the right to make it holy, what does it call out to him? What does it come to him? Must be, it's coming to talk about the case. About the father who's giving it to the grandson, only if he's the Mishacham. Mar says, No, that we want to bring that as a proof that it's coming to tell you that it's not a Matana. Because in the end of our Mishnah, it says, Call. And we thought the word call is coming to include our case. Mar says, Not necessarily. It's coming to include the second case of Rava. Oh, if you remember, the second listen of Rebbe was that is the stricter case. We're coming to tell you that even if you come and say, even if you don't say on condition that my father does it, still it's Asur. Remember, Rebbe had two opinions. And the second opinion, even if he doesn't say, there's two lashes. I say, I'm giving it to you only so my father can have it. I'm giving it to you so father can have it. Even without the only, it's still Asur Kodjala. That's what's included in the call. Okay. Hadarach HaShufin, we're going to come back to HaShufin. Now we're going to begin the first Mishnah in Perek HaNodel Menem Mushal. Says the Mishnah as follows. Again, says the Mishnah. HaNodel if a guy says he's not having cooked items, right? Guy's not having mivushal items. Mivushal usually indicates boiled. Mutad mitzeli. He's allowed to have barbecued items, but that's not mivushal. Ubeshaluk, and he's also allowed to have overcooked items. Because mivushal means normal cooked, not overcooked. I'm sorry, shluk is, shluk is uh, uh, undercooked items, just blanched. Okay? If a guy says, it's a korban tavshil, I'm not tasting. He can't have something that's cooked, that's soft. But he's allowed to taste something that's thick. Uh, 
And you're allowed to have an egg that shrunk. A, a shrunken egg. Is that what it says there? To no, to Tumura. And a remutza is a squash. Because a certain type of squash, which is not called a tabshil. Why not? Why is it not called tabshil? Because. We'll see what the Gemara says. Harodilma sekidila. The person says, I'm not going to have the, the, the work of a pot. That's only on something that has to be cooked in the pot a lot. But if it says anything that goes in the pot is asur, then you can't touch anything that goes in the pot. So again, the work of a pot is something that needs a lot of cooking. And something that just goes in and out of the pot would not be asur. But if it says anything that goes in the pot is asur, that's different. Okay? Then everything is asur. Okay? Says the Gemara. Tanya, we went to the Brighter. Yoshua, man. We said the Brighter. If a guy says he's not allowed to touch anything cooked, Yoshua says he's not allowed, he's not, or said he's not allowed, according to him, he's not allowed to have a barbecue stuff. Even though I don't have a, a straight up proof, there's a way to remember it. It says that they cooked the Pesach in fire the right way. Now, a Korban Pesach is not boiled. It's a sword to put in, put in water. And if they're calling it Mivushal, that means that Sli and Bishul is the same. And therefore, if a guy makes a nether against Mivushal stuff, he cannot have barbecue. Did you get that or no? Mike, you got that or no? Listen, the guy makes a nether, I'm not going to have Mivushal stuff. Mivushal usually connotes something boiled in a pot. We had said in the Mishnah, he could eat barbecue. This rabbi, Yoshe in the bright, is saying you can't eat barbecue. What's his proof? Proof is, Korban Pesach is, is made out. You were there for Pesachim. How do you make Korban Pesach? On a fire. Straight. Like a barbecue. Roasted. Right? And if you put it in water, it's pasul. And yet it says, and they vashel the Pesach. So you see the word vashel does include roasting. And therefore, if you said, be sure you are to do it. Good? Is that clear? Says the Gemara, Leib and Baha'a Kalafidi. Let's assume that this is the argument. Ryoshia says we go with the Torah. And since we see the Torah calls him a Bushal, and then it's good, therefore it's Asur. Vitana the land, and our Rabbi of our Mishnah, somebody holds, Midarim, Halakha Khalashom Adam, we follow the Mushombri Adam. Really, everyone holds we go after the Shona people, and therefore it should not be included. Right? Elamor, but the Mishnah, he goes by his place. In his place, they don't call, in his place, they don't call barbecue cooked, and that's why he allowed it. Right? And in the town of our town of the Mishnah, let's tell the Kali, they call Tali Tali, and Bushal, they call Bushal. In the town of Yosha, I feel Tali, come Bushal. So it's all about 
it all goes by what they call in your town. But everyone agrees that we go by the town and we don't go by the Torah. Because yes, the Torah we call Mevushal, but in some, but we go by the people's towns. And in this rabbi's town, they would call like this, and other rabbis not. What do you mean? How could you say that really they're discussing the language of the towns? Why would Rabbi Yoshia argue about the language of the town if he's bringing a pasuk? Understand? He's telling me, oh no, really, they're not arguing about one goes by the pasuk, one goes to the town. But, but this is what they do. Then why would he bring a proof from a pasuk if he's just going with the language of the towns? He says, no, the truth is, that's just a a, a cane, but it's not really his source. Okay, now we send the Mishnah. If the guy says, Konem Tabshil, the guy says, I'm not going to taste anything, he's not allowed to have soft, he's, not, he's allowed to get a thick one. The guy says, he can't have Tabshil. How could he have a thick Tabshil? This Tana, anything that's eaten with bread, he calls it Tabshil. And therefore, a thick masikah dinah, which you don't put on bread, is not called tafshil. So therefore, in this rabbi's parlance, the way he talks, the only thing that's called a tafshil is something that you eat with bread. But if you make an oatmeal or a soup that you don't eat with bread, that's not called tafshil. That's why you're allowed. Okay? Any, is that true? Right? Sorry, that's all. But I did it. And, and, uh, we learn because we learned in the Brayta. How did the Tavshil? Asub ben Chomel Tavshil. Asub ben Sli or Bishuk Mushal. He's asur to have Sli and Shaluk and Mushal. Asur beitirot rakot. He can't have um, gourd, small gourd that are that are soft. Because sick people put them on their on their bread. So you see, that in order to be eaten on bread, that's the criteria of whether you're Tavshil or not. Any is that true? Yeah, is a famous story of Yemi got sick. And the doctor came in to visit him. He saw that the guy has squash in his house. He left him and he left. He walked down and he left. This guy's got the Malachamab in his house. I'm going to go help him. So you see that the lot is bad for sick people. Because the doctor walked out. So how can we say before that sick people eat the eat, eat, eat lot with bread? Here we see that it was bad for them. One's talking about a soft one. A soft one is good. And a hard one is bad. Rabbi Barula Ahmad Ha Bikaragufa. He'll answer that the, the, the doctor was talking about eating it alone. And the writer which says that it's good, it's talking about the Gave Dikra. What's inside the, the squash. And that's good. That's good for him. What's inside the thing? Basilka, if you put it with beets, and what's inside the, the, the flax, if you put it in your, in your kutach yogurt, 
is, is good for you, right? Don't mention in front of the Amaretz because otherwise he's going to use all the flags and end up eating the flags like that. Okay, we're going to stop over here.